Hello. Hello. Hello, Sam. Hey, how are we going? We are good. I think everything's working. Everything's running fine. So uh, I've got to say the audio is a little tricky on my end. Oh, is it? Is oh, it? Got you. I've got you, Albo. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm great. We're all good? Yeah, all good. Perfect. So let me just uh, jump right in. Let me introduce you guys to my good friend, Sam. And we've, been, we've gone back quite a few years, haven't we, Sam? Quite a few, yeah. What, six? I think it's six, Albo. Ish. Right, from all the way back in the back in the fuge, as we used to call it. So, let me let me give you a quick introduction, uh, and then you can kind of take it away, give your own spin on your own introduction, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, Sam Sam Evans is one of my closest friends. We actually spent a lot of time together back in Gunma, back when I was living in Gunma. You know where initial D takes place. Uh, in a city called Fujioka, which we affectionately refer to as the Fuji. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Sam was, well, was and is uh, really into producing music, right? Right, Sam? That's, um, that's true, yeah. And uh, you, you have created some tracks which have been featured in some of my videos. Uh, and also, you were also working for a company called uh, Japan Guide, which was a travel website uh, basically providing lots of tips and information for folks who are interested in in traveling in Japan. So I think you do bring a, a wealth of knowledge and experience, and and hopefully we can glean some advice about how best to travel once you know we're able to actually travel once this whole pandemic situation kind of gets a little bit better. So. I'll, just, I'll let you introduce yourself uh, as well. Uh, maybe go ahead, take it away. All right. Thank you, Albo. It's, it's great hearing your voice. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. But yeah, as, as Albo said, guys, yeah, my name's Sam, Sam Evans. Uh, I worked uh, when I was in the food alongside Albo. Uh, I worked, worked for a company back then called Japan Guide, and I traveled uh, all over Japan. Uh, and since then, I unfortunately, um, you know, because... Because life's life and uh, and all that, uh, I followed my at the time fiance. She's now uh, officially my wife. We had a COVID wedding, so uh, congratulations! Thank wow. you very much, man. Uh, yeah, followed her to Hong Kong, uh, and uh, now I've started up a a similar thing in Hong Kong where I uh, travel around uh, the city, uh, make uh, make documentaries on the coolest hoods. Uh, so that's called Hong Kong Hoods. Uh, there's a YouTube channel, uh, which is, uh, it's easy to remember, youtube.com slash C for channel slash Hong Kong Hoods, all one word, Hong Kong H-O-O-D-S. And then uh, send the handles on Instagram and uh, Facebook at Hong Kong Hoods. So yeah, doing that right now, but so happy to uh, get back into talking about Japan and, you know, because it's a country that I know and love really well, uh, got a lot of important memories a lot of a lot of good friends uh, such as yourself Albo. so really cool do you to miss be it? talking about it. what's up do, do you miss uh do you miss how much do you miss japan now that you're you're out of it uh, so it's weird uh it's it, it kind of it goes in waves for me personally maybe uh, uh people who've been to japan or have lived there it's the same thing for them maybe not but yeah for me i've got to be honest for the first uh first couple of months when i was getting into hong kong life I didn't miss it at all. And then it kind of just went bam. 
and like smack me in the face. Uh, and it's just kind of been like that, you know, some months I'll barely even think about it. Some months it's like the first thing I think of for like weeks on end when I get up, you know, so it's, it's just a weird, it's like, um, I, I guess in some weird way, it's kind of like a relationship, right? Like missing a, an ex-girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. When something kind of triggers that old memory and you're like, oh man, miso soup or that the smell of some Japanese uh, taste or something, like it brings you right back, right? That's it. That's it, man. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the smells, you know, you might smell something exactly like you said in Hong Kong that just triggers it. Walking past a flower that madly smells like sakura, and you're back in Japan just like that. <laughs> yeah, for for me, when I was visiting Hong Kong, it was the <laughs> the, the service, yeah. or rather the lack of it. Or I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> or more like Hong Kong is a very specific type of uh, customer service, which is basically uh, try to rip you off in every situation. Absolutely, you got it. <laughs> And I mean, it is, it, it can be fun. Yeah. Uh, the flip side of that is it could be challenging and also some might even say <laughs> entertaining and rewarding to try to, to barter with shopkeepers to, yeah. to get like not completely ripped off. And if you're an expert, then get like a good deal. Uh, or, you know, when you're, even when I was ordering like bubble tea or like at a restaurant, yeah. they would just kind of throw the plates down and be like, here's your food. Um, Almost as if I was a bother for their establishment. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's a weird one uh, because I think, like, by and large, I mean, of course, like the vast majority of Hong Kong people are like good, uh, good people as anywhere and honest. But yeah, the service is incredibly different from Japan. You know, in Japan, there's the whole uh, the customer is gods, and you know, it's it's extremely polite. But um, in Hong Kong, the emphasis is more on um, expediency. Expediency, yes. expedience. So it's just now, now, now. So you get in line, you pay, you get your stuff, and you go. And it's just right. Uh, everything to just keep the city moving. Yeah, it's like it's like speed and turnover. Yes. right. It's like let's get the next customer in. It's like we just that's <laughs> so next, 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 next. Yeah. Go, go, go. Get in yeah. and get out. <laughs> yeah, it definitely contributes to the 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 feeling of the super fast pace of life in Hong Kong. I mean. You know, we do live in a huge city over here um, near Tokyo, and or I do. And compared to where I was living back in Canada, which was like a small town, like this feels like everything was incredibly fast-paced. But Hong Kong was just like another level of it. It was, I often say that living in Tokyo is like living in an anime. Um, I think living in Hong Kong, well, I only had a chance to, to visit for like a couple of weeks. I did get a glimpse of it because we did stay with... Um, some friends who were locals and I just got the sense that it is like living in a Hong Kong movie basically where it's part part uh, it's I mean Hong Kong is definitely one of those really really interesting uh, world cities to visit because it has such a vibe to it has such a feel to it that doesn't feel like real life it almost feels like a movie it's so true yeah it's like um, you know it's it, it's on the 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 cost the cutting edge of technology and you know this uh parts of it like the subway is super clean kind of like tokyo but then in hong kong you got this super grimy aesthetic which you know gives it uh an incredibly unique character so it's it's just a trip you know just walking around the city is just 
amazing. You're always looking up in this city as well because everything's so so high rise everywhere. <laughs> yes, it it looks almost. It has this cyberpunk dystopian kind of aesthetic For to sure. it. Yeah, that's a good a good way of explaining it. Kind of like a very Blade Runner esque, especially like at night or when it's a bit rainy or cloudy, and just the neon signs are just um, casting like these the glow over the street markets, and you hear like the the hustle and bustle of activity. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. It's it's just really really cool. I, I I loved visiting. Although the sense that I got when I was there was that I would love to visit here more but i don't know if it would be too stressful for me personally to live there yeah it's a it's a good point it is um i mean tokyo population wise is what is it it's about three four times larger than hong kong depending on what metric you're using but hong kong because it's so you've got seven and a half million people crammed into a place that's about the size of uh gosh i don't know like about the size of probably um, Shinjuku, right? So it's, you know, you, it's just absolutely crazy, the population density. Everybody's got to live. Everybody's got to get to work. Everybody's got to do the shopping. Everybody's got to go out and have a good time. So it's just, there's this constant mishmash of people, this this buzz of activity, this chatter uh, everywhere. So it, it, it can be, it can be extremely stressful living here. But luckily, uh, because it's so mountainous, uh, the, the terrain, there is a lot of uh, a lot of great hiking here too, so you can get a bit of respite if you really need it. Luckily, mm. are there a lot of uh, expats uh, living there? Do you, do you have like a big community of, of foreigner friends? Yes, yeah, there are a lot of expats living out here. I'd say per capita, um, probably quite a few more than Tokyo, because I suppose because of the you've got the history, right? The you know the the British imperialism. So I suppose it's been kind of ingrained into the fabric of the culture since day dot. Um, so yeah, you get, you get a lot of Brits, a lot of Europeans, North Americans, uh, Australians, a lot of, a lot of guys tend to be in, um, uh, in finance because it's such a financial city. So you get a lot of, a lot of really well off, uh, foreigners who are earning a lot more money than me. And that makes me mad. <laughs> makes, makes me mad well I don't know if they would actually like to switch places with you you know or I, I was kind of going into finance uh, before coming to Japan and I just wanted to have the time just blow my own brains out oh, just because staring at spreadsheets um, you know all day was not my idea of a good time although having a lot of money <laughs> it does have its its benefits. How bad? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess as a foreigner, it's and it, with such an extensive uh, international com- community over there, um, you can really get get away with just speaking English, and you don't really need to learn uh, Cantonese, right? Which is quite a difficult language to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Hong Kong is uh, a dual dual language city, so the locals. Uh, everybody speaks Cantonese, but also the majority of people speak English. So it's super easy uh, to live here They're entirely in English. I do personally try and learn a little bit. I'm not doing that much of a good job, but my uh, my missus was born here. So 
a lot of our family uh, are, you know, Cantonese, Cantonese heritage. So uh, family gatherings yeah. is Cantonese going around the table. So, uh, yeah, I can't understand the thing. Hey, you just... You just kind of smile and nod, ah. right? You're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my stick. Yeah, I just smile and nod and eat. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the thing with Chinese culture, it, maybe you can correct me, but I, I seem to recall that uh, stuffing your face and, and eating a lot, is uh, it, it makes them really happy um, to see you like enjoying the food that has been prepared. So that, that was always my strategy as well. Just like eat, 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 eat. Although... I, I think I seem to recall that there is this cultural nuance where you shouldn't eat literally everything on your plate and like clean, like uh, eat everything in, in all the plates because then that is kind of like a s- slight sign of uh, disrespect in the sense that you're saying kind of that they've been prepared. Oh, kind of like what else you got? <laughs> Come at me, bro. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah. Honestly, I'm not sure entirely about that. Maybe I need to. Uh, I need to ask my missus. But definitely, food is life over here. Um, to sit mm-hmm. down uh, in a big in a big group of people, uh, they call it uh, yum cha, which literally means drink tea. You go out in the afternoon and you go for yum cha, and you eat dim sum. You eat uh, different kinds of, you know, snacky tapas style Chinese food, you drink tea and you chat. And over here, that is the biggest kind of social currency. If you're in a young chai, you're, oh. you're having fun, you're bonding and that's life. That's what it's all about in Cantonese culture. It's, it's super fun. That sounds great. Although I guess right now it must be quite difficult to, to meet up with people and um, go yeah, for yamcha. So so and, and, and I think, you know, there, there's not just a pandemic, but, um, Right before the pandemic really hit, there was the the protests, which were kind of wreaking havoc on the culture over there, right? The society, the fabric of society was being torn um, between what China wants and, and Hong Kong uh, wants. Absolutely. I guess this is a sensitive topic, but maybe just from this from the standpoint of like your, your experience uh, being caught in the middle of that, if, if there's anything. Oh, yeah, comment. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it's an unfortunate time in Hong Kong generally. Uh, in a way, the pandemic has calmed it down because people don't want to be protesting en masse when there's, when there's a chance of spreading or catching something nasty. But yeah, when I, when I came to Hong Kong, it was right around the time when uh, the protests were getting up and running. And it's basically, uh, I, I'm not going to stay apolitical, but uh, just as a brief explanation for the two sides, it's basically... China uh, wants to, uh, I suppose, secure Hong Kong uh, more in its power sphere. And the, the, the Hong Kong people, or a lot of them, especially the younger generation and those that tend to be a little more on the working class side of things, they don't want that. They want democracy. So it's kind of, it's, it's like, a, what, what's the expression? A, a rock a hard object and an unmovable force or something like that. You've got two sides where yeah, neither yeah, yeah. wants to give, uh, but so, so it just causes fireworks. You get a lot of social tension um, and a lot of protests, uh, a little bit of trouble, but for now it's kind of calmed down. Uh, when it was in, when it was in full flight, the protests uh, living here, it does, it makes life uh, certainly less convenient 
at weekends you've got to kind of plan out where you're going and what time because you don't really want to get caught in one of those things not necessarily because it's dangerous but because you might be walking home as opposed to getting public transport so yeah it's yeah it's been a been an interesting time to be in hong kong for sure wow i guess hopefully it'll get better next year and uh, hopefully i'll be able to come visit you and uh, you'll be able to come visit that Japan again. That would be again. awesome. We, we'd look after you, Albo. We'd look after you. Get to Hong Kong when you can. I, I definitely will. I'll just like bring my laptop and just like pretend to still be, <laughs> uh, you know, working my job from from uh, back home, uh, but secretly be gallivanting over there. Absolutely, with, with I'll you. show you some great street food. <laughs> I can't wait. I guess to uh, to bring this back to to Japan, which is our original topic, although I do tend to go on these long tangents, which on another tangent, this is like my favorite thing about podcasts. It's like you can just like talk and go on these weird meandering uh, side side tangents and slowly make your way back. It's so true. You could literally do these for hours, kind of like. Right. It's so fun. It's so fun. Lost in the conversation. You You could touch on all the different topics and then do it again the next day. Yeah. And I also find you're able to have conversations that you, you are, this is like totally just about podcasting as a topic, but I find it fascinating that when I have conversations with friends in a podcast format, the way we have conversation changes and we actually get permission to talk about all these other things that we would just normally gloss, gloss over when we would just be talking about, uh, you know, just catching up in, in the normal sense. But yeah, just the way we have the conversation and the topics that come up and, and the things, that, the way that we we really go deep into certain topics is totally different. And I find it really interesting. Yeah. And yeah. right, it, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I think isn't the, it? The, the invisible audience kind of keeps you on track, right? You can't just, it does. Like, just, it does. just completely go down the rabbit hole and just you know talk like a an idiot you know you've got to there's got to be some semblance of uh structure and uh a message to what you're saying which is really productive i feel like yeah and it's it's fun it is kind of uh a challenge that when you take up that challenge it's actually really really enjoyable to have a an interesting conversation that hopefully some people can take something from and um this is like another side side observation that I've made, but I kind of noticed that you could actually have podcast style conversations in a non-podcast normal conversation, and then it changes the tone of that conversation. Nice. Have you you tried that? So, one? so like, have, have you tried sorry, that Albo with? Yes, yes. So I often do this. It's like if I if I meet somebody either for the first time or if I've if I um like and, and if I'm meeting somebody for the first time and we were sitting down for like dinner and we have like a significant amount of time to get to know them, uh, or it's somebody I haven't spoken to in a while and uh, we do have a chance to like kind of catch up, uh, I I just put it in my mind that I am talking to them as if I'm doing a podcast with them and it makes it completely different. Does it does it end up being more uh, more fruitful the conversation a little bit like you say deeper and yes yes 100% of the time it becomes much deeper and then sometimes they will 
message me later they'll be like that was a really interesting conversation like i have never had a conversation like that with somebody i just met um and and then and and then i explained his concept i was like actually this is something i kind of have been trying because I, I do some podcasts sometimes and i try to have a conversation as if it were a podcast and uh it, yeah it's just really interesting so i guess um my tip for everybody listening and just like maybe for you too sam is like next time you have a chance try to have a conversation as if it were a podcast it's really it changes the dynamic absolutely yeah i can imagine if you if you were talking to somebody like other people are listening and other people stand to gain from what you're saying then i suppose it kind of it adds another dimension i can imagine that being a really a really fruitful exercise mm-hmm. so let's i guess uh maybe another 10 or so minutes Let's just get some of your best tips for, <laughs> for, yeah, top tips for traveling in Japan. I mean, it's uh, there's you could we could talk about Japan for for hours. I know, but um, what maybe just like one or two things that you would say to the somebody who is planning to come to Japan next year, and they're just trying to plan. Yep. So yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, uh, Japan, forty-seven prefetches. It's it's kind of scary. Where do you go? Um, I guess if it's your first time, the advice is pretty much unanimous. You know, you can't really go wrong with Tokyo, uh, Osaka, Kyoto, Nara, Nikko. All these uh, all these places that a lot of first-time travelers do visit. And they visit them for a reason. This is why Japan's so incredibly cool because these places aren't just, they're not a rip off. Like you get there and they're extremely, they're, they're as cool, if not cooler than how they look on YouTube or you know in the pamphlets on the internet. Kyoto's a little crowded these days, but maybe the pandemic has, has sorted that out. Uh, so I'd just say, uh, yeah, just be brave. Japan is scary because uh, let's face it, like if you, if you don't speak Japanese, uh, not a lot of the, not a lot of Japanese people do speak English. So the communication is difficult, but the Japanese, they make up for it in how accommodating they are. Would you agree, Albo? Yeah, 100%. It's, there's this sense of the Japanese words, literally it means to, um, to be a good host and it's omotenashi it it is really kind of embedded into the culture because you know historically a lot of um uh japanese society catered to the elite upper class of uh kind of traveling uh merchants who are associated with like the daimyo or the um the the warlords and so they would have to go on these like long trips from like tokyo to to kyoto and and or ido and kyoto and back and forth and then all along that route would be so many different shops and accommodations and inns and things like that and um that's why uh japan has such a this is my theory at least japan has such a extremely well-developed um uh, what's hospitality? Uh, yes, thank you. That's the word. Exactly the word I was looking for. Hospitality industry. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. I hadn't quite thought of that before, Albo. But yeah, I think that 
essentially with all these guys going between Edo, which is Tokyo and Kyoto back in the Middle Ages, on foot through this mountainous terrain, uh, it was it was essential to the country running successfully, I guess, that everybody was well-rested carrying goods and services. Right. And so they really developed the whole culture of how to best cater to the, the customer. And so that's something, you, like you said, you really do experience and really feel very deeply when you come here. Um, there is also like this special sense that uh, foreigners get, I feel, where uh, foreigners get even better um, treatment than, than oftentimes their uh, Japanese um, customers, like Japanese customers, right? Just because for Japanese people, they often don't have the chance to meet foreigners in their daily life, uh, especially the further away you get from the major city centers and areas. And so for them, it might be a really once in a blue moon, once in a several years, once even once in a lifetime opportunity to have an interaction with uh, a foreigner. So I think like, yeah, just going off of what you said, you know, if, if you do have a chance to go to places that are not the major city centers, uh, even Kyoto or Osaka, where they do speak a little bit less English and you do wander over to little shops and straying a little bit away from the beaten path like even the areas which have um uh, a lot of foot traffic from tourists they can often be be staffed by people who really don't see much at all but if yeah right and you can really on one sense, struggle to communicate, but on the other, on the other side of that coin, you have this kind of chance to have like an international interaction that so you you might be surprised you can communicate it's, quite a bit um, without yeah, that it's language. so true. Uh, it really is, and I guess that Japan, for that reason, is that's why well, part of the reason that it kind of retains all of its magic because. The Japanese people, by and large, they are extremely friendly and extremely cool uh, to the point where even if you guys don't speak the same language, you're still going to like, they're still going to impart warmth on you. You know, it's going to feel like a nice interaction. The awkwardness. Yeah, it, it's kind of awkward, but more in a cute way than it, it would be with some other international exchanges where, you know, the two participants can't speak the same language. So you do. Yeah, you just get this magic uh, this magic, this magic feeling, and as I, yeah, as you were saying, Aldo, like if you do get off the beaten track, uh, a great tip uh, for me, uh, well, a, a top tip is uh, the Kiso Valley. Going off, we what we've just spoken about, like the the old trade routes. Um, so there used to be a road in the Middle Ages from Edo, Tokyo, to Kyoto called the Nakasendo, and that was the the mountain route that went basically through the mountainous interior people would walk along it on foot and they'd have rest stops as you were saying Aldo every every uh, couple of kilometers um, and in the middle of that uh, is in Nagano prefecture is the Kiso Valley uh, and I recommend that it's not too hard to get to from Tokyo a couple of hours by train and then you were smack bang in the middle of the country the towns there's a few towns around that area that have been preserved 
exactly how they looked in medi medieval times. And it's just beautiful. You can stare at a real can, really get a taste of uh, Japanese hospitality or Motenashi culture and the Japanese countryside and history. That's a great, that's my top tip for travel this week, for sure. <laughs> this, awesome. This week, uh, yeah. this week with Sam. No, we can make this a regular thing. I'm, oh, I'm for totally sure. I'd love to come on Bring you on the podcast. Yeah, I, I think I kind of wanted to get, to be honest, I want to get like the talk about Japan stuff out of the way so we can just like go on random tangents and just for like sure. talk get, for hours. We can get Joe Rogan but, on uh, this. <laughs> yeah, I, he's just a phone call away, right? You just have to know exactly which combination. <laughs> it's true. It's a numbers game. <laughs> it, it literally is, yeah. Um, so let's, let's start wrapping this up. I actually have to uh, duck back to to uh, work and uh, I th- thank you for hopping onto this podcast. Uh, Absolutely. So my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Albo. Cool. Maybe let's stay, stay on for like another, just another couple of minutes. Is there anything you want to talk about real quick? Any, anything, any interesting um, thing on your mind? Well, yeah, apart from just to plug my thing again, Hong Kong Hoods, check it out on YouTube, but I won't bore you guys that much with that. I suppose, yeah, just uh, season's greetings to everybody and you, Albo. Uh, just uh, Christmas this year is going to be a little bit weird compared to the last few years, I should imagine, with all this pandemic stuff going around. What are you doing, Albo? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm going to try to get some chicken from Costco. So I'm going to venture out into the wilderness of uh, the Costco down the street and try to get myself one of those juicy 700 yen chickens. Uh, because as you know, uh, in Japan, we don't really have ovens. So fried chicken and roast chicken have kind of become staples of Christmas in Japan for this bizarre right. bizarre reason. Like, Do you remember how KFC is one of the pillars of Christmas so crazy. in Japan? <laughs> we're not even joking it literally is like one of the cultural yeah, pillars it's true uh, get a family bucket on christmas so, eve or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah exactly um and then maybe go on go on a date on christmas day with uh with a girlfriend go for a christmas christmas cruise or a drive or something um so yeah get yeah costco chicken and a Christmas cake. Got to get the Christmas cake as well, which is basically a, uh, what do you, it, it just looks like a, a white cake with strawberries on it. Um, yeah. yeah. Japan's kind of weird. Yeah. It's all good stuff. It. Well, yeah. It's all tasty, right? It's... <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. In fact, when I, when I go back home for Christmas, like I usually do when I go back home to Canada, I actually miss the, Japanese style, which is the KFC, and yeah, it's, and, yeah, it's weird how it kind of gets ingrained in you after after a while, right? And everything else, when you go back home to to normal life, normal seems weird, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's weird. What is normal? what is normal? So anymore? true. So I guess uh, we'll we'll leave we'll end this podcast on that note. So people yeah, can contemplate that was deep. That was deep. <laughs> it was. I like it. I like it. All right. It was great to talk to you, Sam. Uh, thanks again for joining. And I'm looking forward to having you on the podcast. Absolutely. Again thank in the you so much for having me, Albo. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I wish you all 
a Merry Christmas and yeah, everybody stay safe and happy. Take care guys. Thanks. Bye -bye. See you Sam. Bye.